Welcome to the Vlog Pastors Podcast, a podcast all about the stories and strategies of sharing God's love in the digital world. Now, here are two pastors that love to put a camera in their face and walk around in public. They are the peanut butter and jelly of digital ministry, Jared Brown and Joshua Verwers. That is right, everybody. I am Jelly, and this is peanut butter somewhere here. If my computer peanut wants butter, to, time. <laughs> peanut butter, jelly, peanut butter, jelly time. <laughs> we are. Guess who's Jelly? The vlog. <laughs> we are the vlog pastors. I'm Joshua Verwers. This guy to my left or right, whichever you're jelly. looking at, that I can't even get to come up on the screen. Uh, apparently. He is Jared Brown, also known as Jelly. Also known, also jelly. known as Jelly. I'm claiming one. I'm Jelly today. Peanut butter, uh, eh, take it or leave it. Jelly every time. So. Well, fine. If I have to be peanut butter, then I am super crunchy. Mm. <laughs> You're not smooth. No, creamy peanut creamy butter smooth? is gross. Mm. Man, like I said, I could take it or leave it. No, creamy. Probably because I'm eating creamy peanut butter. That see, creamy peanut butter is gross. You got to have the texture of the crunch in there. And mm. if you only have creamy, then go out and buy some peanuts and throw it in your creamy peanut butter so you have crunchy. Okay, I'll allow it. You you have to and extra crunchy if they have it. Oh, yeah. So you're basically just eating peanuts. Is that right? That too. <laughs> <laughs> I can get down with that because they're just good. They're good. So. Anyways, for those of you that are uh, jumping in the chat, that are catching us online, uh, whether it's before or after or in between, um, hashtag crunchy peanut butter. <laughs> We're the crunchy squad. So uh, looks like John Hayes in here for the intro as well. Good to see everybody. Uh, for those that are listening to the audio replay of this, we do meet uh, Thursdays at about 10.30 a.m., and we do this podcast live streaming over on YouTube, so make sure you come join us, check us out, and uh, then we jump in on things. Clint Zeller also Clint. saying what's up. He Welcome. is here. Hello, Clint. We are getting ready to dive in on this. I don't know... If you all have seen this, if you have not seen this, if you've heard about this, uh, it is a Netflix documentary that just came out, I want to say last week, early last week, maybe Tuesday, uh, called The Social Dilemma. Jared, you watched it last night, right? Yeah, it was the uh, first time I heard about it was through Casey Neistat, one on his vlog, whatever that was, yesterday, day before. Yep. And then I saw it mentioned a couple times on Facebook, and then... Uh, somebody else had mentioned it. Maybe it was you. Oh, it was on one of your posts. You said, "Hey, what what should we do a, a yeah a blog pastors about?" And somebody recommended this. I'm like, I probably better check it out. Snoop round. Yeah, yeah. So I watched it. I think um, man, when was that? I think it was Saturday morning. Um, I watched. It. I don't know. You can probably scroll back on my Twitter feed uh and find out exactly when that was. But I'm pretty sure it was Saturday morning. Um, I checked it out cause I was driving school bus and I figured, Hey, I'm just going to download this cause it looked interesting and Netflix said it was trending and I'm like, well, why not? Um, there are, I, I think the thing to me, uh, for those that don't know what the social about? dilemma is about, let me see if I can even find kind of a, um, well, that was a the synopsis of, of it, of how they started. Uh, I'm going to ruin the beginning for you guys, but how they started, 
the social dilemma because they ask a panel of experts in the field of the social world, engineers, uh, tech designers, those types of people, CEOs and presidents and that sort of thing. They said, so what's the problem? There's a, there's a dilemma here. So what is the problem? Can you narrow that down? And right. all of them just kind of sat there staring for a second. <laughs> You're like, that's complex. So I would imagine we'll barely scratch the surface today, but for maybe. Purposes, and, we'll and I want to look at it, I think primarily from, you know, a, a, a pastoral perspective uh, and a Christian worldview um, because that's generally what we've got for the audience. And I think it's important for us to, um, to really lay that out because I think oftentimes we become so ingrained with what's going on in culture, what's going on in society that sometimes we, we can lose focus of what the most important thing is and how to look at things. Uh, you know, I, I've used the term biblical worldview a couple times, and for those that don't even know what a biblical worldview is, it's essentially a worldview. It's how you view the world. And as Christians, we're to view the world through the lens of the Bible. So we're to be viewing the world through scripture, through God's word. Um, that's really kind of how and why he gave that to us. So we have these instructions on how to live regardless of what we face. Um, and that's where I mean, like Netflix is saying, this is a documentary drama hybrid that explores the dangerous human impact of social networking with tech experts sounding the alarm on their own creations. And so you got had guys like, you know, um, a former design ethicist for our Google, uh, former executive at Twitter, one of the early team members at Instagram, uh, a couple other Google people, uh, Facebook. Uh, YouTube engineers, Apple directors, you know, you've got all of these different people that are out there that were kind of at the forefront of social networking and different social media sites. And they were involved and they saw this was all created for good. It was, it was intended to kind of bring people together and to help our life to make it a little bit easier and more interactive. And then all of a sudden, like with anything that mankind creates, there's a flip side to that coin and there can, it can be used for negative purposes. Um, that's, that's kind of how they frame this and they do kind of paint this big doom and gloom throughout the entire thing. Oh my goodness. That e well, that needs to be a warning. It if you haven't seen it, <laughs> go ahead and, and carve out some time, carve out an hour and 34 minutes for this particular film, but it's not going to have a happy ending. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right there. This It's built around a scare tactic. And if I had any critique of this particular video, there's no real positive message in it outside of get off or we're all going to die Correct. type of thing. So uh, watch it with those lens, you know, use yeah. a little bit of a discernment. But uh, no, there's there. this is not a feel good. Yeah, and, and I think movie. the... Maybe the thing that bothers me as as a pastor um, is not what they're even saying. What bothers me is the Christian response to this. I'm surprised that Christians are surprised. <laughs> so it's like, did you not realize that this was going to happen? I mean, it's like, I guess maybe it's, you know, like last night at home group, we were reading through Ecclesiastes uh, chapter one and how, you know, Solomon saying there's nothing new under the sun. Right. 
everything that has happened will happen again. Everything that ever will happen has already happened. Sure, the methods maybe have changed, but everything is essentially the same thing, just over and over and over again. And it's like, are, are, are we really meant to believe that human beings, that humanity had an idea of creating something that would be make their lives simpler and easier and more enjoyable. And all of a sudden that same humanity figured out how to twist it and use it for evil and selfish. <laughs> I'm purposes. shocked. It's Josh, like, I am shocked. That's the thing that shocks me we? is that Christians are shocked. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> why are you so surprised that something like this would happen? Oh, so, so there was this thing, a fermentation process where you could, uh, you could alter your mind just a little bit. It could be used as medicine. It could be used for sterilization <laughs> if you found it strong enough. Uh, you, you know, you could use it for entertainment and enjoyment in right measures. But then we took it and we were like, if we just max this puppy out, right. we don't even have to like have touch with reality anymore. I feel like we've seen this before. Yeah. Over and over again. Like you said, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, okay, so we, we took something that was created for positive purposes. For It has a good effect on humanity. It's going to entertain us. It's going to help us out. It's a tool. And we take it, and since there, there's a fallenness of man out there, and we are going to max out. And there's also, uh, which I found interesting last night, I couldn't help but but catch the spiritual undertones of the thing. Like, um, I think one of the guys made a point. He said, he said, yes, it's it's a tool, but a tool will lay there until without trying to demand your attention, it will lay yeah. there until you're ready to use it. This social media thing will demand that you come back and use it like a like a drug or like almost like if it had a personality, you know, it almost has sinister intentions that it, yep. it needs. It's going to manipulate you. So I, just, I thought that was fascinating, but it is true to humankind that we're going to take something that was meant for good and thrash it. Thrash <laughs> it. <laughs> right. Right. Because that's just it's what humanity has always done. And it I mean, this you can chase this back to the garden. I mean, everybody that takes something that was created for good and uses it for an evil intention is because there's an element of selfishness and pride behind it of them themselves wanting to be God. And, and that's really like the other thing that I was sitting here watching. And, and the hard part about it is a lot of these so-called experts are talking out both sides of their mouth. Yeah. And it's like they're saying, they're saying, oh, well, this is the problem, but it's also the solution. But there is no solution, and yet there has to be a solution. Yeah. And, I mean, we're not responsible for this, but we are responsible for this. And we're not sure who's responsible for this. <laughs> it's like all you're doing is just talking until was, something hits. Yeah. It was an it was the next iteration for me in watching this film back. It was like it's the next iteration of the war on truth because ten years ago um, we started fighting this thing out about okay what's true to me may not necessarily be true to you so you grab your own truth you have your own truth I have my own truth we're gonna agree to disagree because you know truth is relative and we started hashing this out I mean it may be before that but I became aware of it about ten years ago that. Truth is kind of quasi-relative. You know, do you believe in family structure? You believe in you believe in uh, staying loyal to your wife. You believe in serving your God. Okay, that's your truth. My truth is is a little bit different. I believe in monogamy or uh, 
polygamy. I can do yeah. my own thing. That that whole thing. God is whatever. That's my truth, and it's true to me. Well, this seems like the next iteration of that. And it's almost like watching them go, we don't know what truth is because now news is so divided and polarized and we're being fed our own bits of information that each one believes in their own truth. And we're so, you know, that, that whole thing. It's like, well, no, duh. And here's where I think, here's where I think it, it dials into Christianity. The church is the buttress of truth and reality. We actually establish reality for the world. And so if there's any like nudge in this for me, like it's not, oh my gosh, we got to get off social media. No, right. it's just like alcohol. It's just like anything else that's been created. It, it has its it has its use cases where it's actually good. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be it would benefit us to use it, such yep. as how we're using it. Yeah. But truth is is being torn apart. And I think the church has abdicated that place of establishing reality. Like if you want to walk in sanity and peace and love, well, this is who you follow, Jesus. And these are the things that he's written down. And this is his spirit that infuses you. Come along for the journey. Yeah. You know, and I think we've abdicated and therefore your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. And we've gone nuts. So how to put that back together, I don't know. But it's just a thought that I picked up in that Correct. Well, and that goes even back to, um, you know, Pilate and Jesus and asking the the simple question, what is truth? You know, it goes all the way back to that where we don't and the world doesn't know truth. They think they know truth. They they want to say they know truth, but they really don't. And I think the big issue has been Christianity as a whole. Like you're saying, we've abdicated this, but it's it's even more. It's, it's, it's more than just, Hey, we gave up to be the beacon. It's we've jumped in bed yes. with the false narratives and spreading and perpetuating lies. Yes. And, and it's because we are lazy. We, we don't become spiritual children of God. We become worldly children of the devil. When we start to follow that path, because we're following the same lie in the garden when you know, Satan parent as the serpent comes up and he's like, well, did God really say that you're going to die? And all he's doing is questioning truth to the point that then Adam and Eve, instead of right. going back to the source of truth, right. Just abandon it. And they're like, Oh, right. and well, it's I, I can same, be selfish. It's the same scheme. The thing that got the church off track is the same thing that gets every man off track where it's like, we want to be back to that core lie we want to be like God. We we want to be gods in our own eyes type of thing rather than submitting our reality, our truth to the living one and going, uh, here's what's being presented. What does your word say? What does your word already describe to us? What have you already laid out for us? Okay, I have to reorient my thinking. And what is your spirit testifying to my spirit right now? Okay, because, you know, certain things like, do I become a doctor or a lawyer? Do I vote Republican or Democrat this time around? Those things aren't laid out in the word for the most part. But there are certain principles that are in there where it's like, ah, I can't go so far with this person or that person. Or the the living testimony of Holy Spirit saying, mm-mm. Right. Mm-mm. Something's not right here. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's that little check that we get in our spirit that where we should know that something either is wrong or has the potential of being wrong. We don't listen to that. Right. We, we reject that. And I think it's because we have been conformed to the world instead of being transformed as Roman says to renew our minds by the word. We just haven't done that. So, and I think the hard thing for me, and this goes back like years ago, 
Um, and I, I can't remember. I want to say it was, oh, no, there was a, um, a, a biblical worldview series that was out for a while. It's probably still out there. I think it was called The Truth Project. Um, and I had watched that. And it was something that they either said or something I just picked up on. And it was about how everything in this world is trying to get you to believe something. Right. And from that moment, it's like, well, now it doesn't matter what I watch because I know that they have an agenda and going in watching that. It's like, okay, I can either filter through this or I just have to completely reject it and turn it off. And so then for like what they're saying and when it comes to social media, you know, like you were saying, uh, there's this a tool and the tool doesn't actually do anything until it's used until it's picked up. I'm talking to Diana Gladney about this and she had kind of recommended, Hey, let's, let's do this conversation. And I said, the thing that kind of shocks me is that yes, Christians are shocked, but people don't realize that there is a tool in this situation. The tool is either going to be social media or the people or the tools. Yeah. One of you is being used. You're either using social media or social media is using you. Uh, And from a Christian perspective, that should be the warning that we should have heard thousands of years ago. You know, and it's like, that's the warning that Satan is trying to manipulate us. He's the great deceiver. He's out to steal. He's out to kill. He's out to destroy. He's out to make us slaves uh, to him. And we need to understand that. So then we can sit there and, you know, kind of use what Satan has meant for evil, how God can turn it around and use it for good. We can have that same ability if we will just be very intentional about what am I doing and right. does it have like an eternal principle? If, if it doesn't have an eternal principle and I'm not using it for that, then I do fall in with like Ecclesiastes where it's all vanity. It's all worthless. It's all meaningless. And I'm just beating against the air. Well, I think I think it goes back to a very pivotal, not argument, but difference in the church of in the world, but not. No, um, I think there's there's a good portion of, of Christianity who will say, hey, look, that's not us. That's not what we represent. That's not who we serve. Yep. So we are going to pull out and do our own thing, and we are going to keep our minds and our hearts pure. And there's like some nobility to that. Absolutely. Meanwhile, the rest of the world has no clue and is being sucked into this vortex. Uh, I mean, I'm lo- looking at my grandparents who are hopping on Facebook going, this is the greatest thing we've ever seen. Yep. And without some sort of spiritual rudder in there, come on. I, I right. feel that, obviously. <laughs> I feel the opposite about it. Where it's like well, we got to jump in. Yeah. Not anyway. Well, I, I, think, I, I think we got to get in there and and bring some reality to the social yep. media world. And I think part of that dis- even comes to us understanding our unique abilities, our God-given abilities, our God-given calling, and what is it that God's calling me to? What is it that He wants me to do? Because I don't believe that every Christian should be on social media. Because not every Christian is called to that. I often look at social media as a a digital missions field where it is our ability to go there and to spread the love of God, to spread the gospel and to share the hope that is in us. And that would ideally be the hope. Now, there's a million ways of doing that. You know, I've, I've had some people that have pushed back when I'm getting ready to launch this tech channel because they're like, oh, well, it's it's not, you know, gospel focused. 
And I'm like, but you push back for a different reason. Um, but there are some that, you know, have pushed back on that type of stuff because they're like, well, you're doing this this stuff. And and yeah, there's a, there's an element of that that is focused on the money and making an income. And I'm scratching my head and I'm like, what would be the difference if I was a mechanic? If I'm a mechanic, I'm out in the marketplace and I'm trying to support my family but I can still share Christ in that message and in that method. Um, and that's, I would I, argue that you're, that you're being an example of how to do it. Well, and that's, I think the other thing is that more of us, when it comes to social media, this, this social dilemma of, Oh, there are so many people using it for evil. Well, guess what? All, sounding the alarm that it's dark all the way around us is not <laughs> going to do it. Here's a shocker. Being the light is the only thing that's going to expel the darkness. Dude, hit it on the head right there. And it's just like, okay, so stop. That was that movie. It's dark. <laughs> right? It's like, it's okay. it's it's scary. And You're it's kidding. just like, well, get out of the dark and get in the light. I mean, it's, and that's the thing. It's like, to me, and this isn't a pat on the back, but I think it's because I spend so much time getting close to God then all of a sudden I'm able to hear that witness, that, that inward voice, that, that prompting that it's like, okay, Hey, let's go ahead and recognize that there could be an issue here, that there could be a a stumbling block, a pitfall and just be prepared for it, which is all Jesus was trying to do for us. Anyways, he's like, guess what? In this world, there's going to be problems, right? (laughs) And he's like, but it's okay. And we can't, I don't mean to minimize the danger at all it's a real thing especially for creators you know there there's a there's a desire there's a there's an innate hook in there of you make something and you want to see how it plays out and then you get a response from it and then Uh uh-oh uh-oh jared you're cutting out on me jared just cut out on me i think he cut out on you guys too because that's that's what i'm seeing um, I, while we're letting Jared get back in here, I want to grab a couple of these comments and we'll pull them up and see if Jared bumps back in here. Um, thinking out loud with PJ, is it Jared or is it me? It could be me. Um, said, I'm tired of people saying, quote, so many people use it for evil. We live in an evil and fallen world. We're called to be light. Yeah. And, and there definitely are a bunch of people that, are doing that, are using it um, for, yes, they're using it for evil. But like you're saying, we're called to be light. Let's just be that light. Let's make sure that we're actually shining as the light because when we're able to do that, that's what's truly going to start to push out the darkness. And just sounding the alarm and sounding warning, it it won't do anything. It would be like a, a firefighter running up to the fire and all they do is they have the lights and sirens on and they've got the hose in the hand, but they don't actually do anything. And they're just like, oh, guess what? There's a fire there. So your, your house is burning. Someone should do something about that. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jared, you you cut out on us. And uh, I'm sorry, I, man. I, I gave you a very <laughs> riveting, riveting line for my wife. But uh, no. give it uh, then. You know, just, do it again. No, no, no. I was just saying that uh, Jesse's actually been dealing with that the last couple months or so she was feeling this 
internal nudge that maybe she was getting too much gratification off of the rise or the fall of her Instagram account. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she loves that thing. She loves posting. She loves animals. But she was realizing that she was shaping her content based on how people responded to it. Right. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Just felt a check from the Lord. Like, that's not where you get your significance from. That's not who you are. So she she withdrew a little bit from that. She's kind of dropped it. She's changed her name on the account and kind of backed yep. off from that. Doesn't go, you know, she's disciplined and, and doesn't go into the bedroom with with social media. Doesn't spend any sort of time, you know, at certain times throughout the day yep. on it. And uh, hats off to her. I'm, I'm not quite right. that disciplined. But when she was watching that that video last night, that film last night with me, she was going, you know, I can see this. It's the it's the negative, fear-filled side, but there's also a positive side where God can curb and redefine you as you're as you're making these things. So I don't want to poo-poo that there there is a real like we need to understand there is a real danger to it. You're if you drink too much alcohol, you know that sort yeah. of thing, or if you whatever whatever your deal is, if you abuse the tool, um, it, it is dangerous and it can bite you. Yeah. But if you're walking this out with the Lord. And he's shaping you and showing you how to how to use this tool for its appropriate purposes. A little bit of discipline, a little bit of listening, a little bit of discernment can go a long way. Yeah. But just kind of give a real living example. My wife's in it. She's she's walking this out going, all right, how do you do this well? Yeah. And I think that's an important thing for us to take away is is the way that that Jessica's doing that is one recognizing that prompting, recognizing yeah. the the nudge from the Lord that Hey, there, there's something here and you need to be aware of it. And, and at the same time, just because she's getting it doesn't mean everybody needs to get it. But the fact that we're mentioning that she's getting that nudge, there may be people listening to this and that is the Holy spirit nudging you at this moment and saying, Hey, listen, this, this is real. And you need to be, you need to be cautious. You need to be aware of this. Um, so I think there's something definitely to that where we have to know, and I've done that with at times. I've had to pull away from certain things that I I've loved that I've enjoyed, but right. I loved it too much. And because of that, I mean, it was God just saying, no, we're, we're doing a clean break. Um, and until you can figure out some sort of balance, you ain't going back to that. Uh, right. and the discipline approach and the submissive approach to, to God to say, okay, I'm, I'm not here to do this. I'm not here to enjoy this. I'm here to serve you. I'm here right. to worship you with everything. And that is the most important thing from the Christian perspective. We should understand that it can be used for evil. It can be used for good and really how we use it is, is up to us. That's this free will component that we have, but yet we should realize that God only wants us to use it in a certain way. Right. And like with everything that we do, everything we do, everything we think, everything we touch, it should all be to bring him glory and honor. And if we do that, really, who cares what the rest of the world is doing? I mean, that's that's where to me it's like trying to work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling, yeah. It's like yeah. I'm I'm gonna focus on this. What is it that I can do yeah. that what's brings the Lord, me closer to him? Exactly. What's the yeah. Lord saying to me? What's what's my walk? Yeah. yeah, man. No, we we were looking through sparked a conversation in our relationship. We were looking through our social media usage and even, you know, uh Netflix, including Netflix, Hulu, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, our TV time, our family TV time. What are we going to watch tonight? We're going to throw on a show. 
And there was one quote in the movie that, that did kind of rattle me, but it's going to go somewhere, I promise. Uh, it, it said, uh, it said basically social media or these computing machines behind, you know, the advertising machines behind your yeah. screen are basically trying to steal your time. Uh, yeah. You know, they want to they want to hijack that and exchange it for some sort of value on the other end. And I thought, man, you know what? I I can say that there's been a lot of time hijacked. You know, I've watched a lot of seasons of Lost and, <laughs> you know, Alias and all sorts of things over the years where I'm like, yeah, I mean, I know exactly what happened to Sidney Bristow. I know exactly what happened you know, to the cast of Lost and, and how all that played out. But I don't really know remember a lot from those those particular seasons in time. But I think it, it encouraged us to have this conversation of if we can look at the fruit of what's coming out of these social media sessions and right. Netflix time, you know, is it pure entertainment? Is it something where we can sit down and we have a conversation and we watch a show and we talk about it and we talk about real life and how God, you know, that then if we came away from that and it was a positive experience and it was just a detox time, then, then great. But did we watch something, uh, particularly I have to watch this on YouTube. If, if I watch something for the sake of, uh, scouting out an idea or, mm-hmm. um, looking at what you know some of my my peers are creating type of thing does it leave me with with oh man i'm inspired they did such an amazing job like i want to make something like that that's incredible yeah. then great did it leave or did it leave me with i'm i'm never going to make it as good as joshua just made that that's right. i mean like hats off to that how did he do it i should stop creating now like why in the you know why in the world do i even try that sort of thing. Well, then something's probably hopped on the line, and I, I don't get mad at the medium, but right. I do take it as an opportunity to go, okay, Lord, let's reassess. So, just evaluating the fruits. All that to say, basic stuff of Christianity. Let's look at the, let's examine the fruit of our social media. Does Facebook tick me off? Well, then what am I, what in my identity am I latching onto? What insecurities am I latching onto that I'm hearing or seeing on Facebook that's that's tearing it up? And it's no longer a tool. It's a manipulation device on behalf of, and I see things a little bit more spiritual than most people. Right. What is Satan trying to get at me with yep. on on Facebook? What's the scheme? What's the trap here? What am I What am I buying into? Oh, cool. Yep. That's an opportunity to work through it. Yep. That's like uh, one of the, the shows that um, I've watched almost every, every episode of, and I've gotten a lot of pushback from the Christian community was the show Supernatural. Um, because it was so, I, I mean, it's talking about the spiritual forces and yet people are like, oh, well, that's just, it's pure blasphemy. And, and my pushback has always been, okay, I at least know on this show what they're trying to get me to believe. Sure. And it's easy for me to reject that because essentially they're trying to get me to believe that God has no clue what he's really doing anyways. And this was all just a big experiment. And I figured that out from like episode number two, that that's what they're trying to get me to believe. So it's like, okay. And some of it is just pure fiction and other of it is loosely based on fact, you know, but it's like, it's easy for me to then filter through that and see it, look at it from a pure enjoyment aspect, but also then the conversations that I'm able to have with others, because the lies that get perpetrated inside a show like that are lies that the world believes. Right. Exactly. And then I'm able to identify, Oh, well this is why they believe that. And here's how it's not true because I'm watching this and it's instant. 
check. Okay, I know that's wrong because this. I know that's wrong because of this. It, it goes back to even some of those movies that were out, you know, like the the Noah movie. Um, and it was like, that was awful. <laughs> it was <just> like, <laughs> For real. It, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, overall story is pretty accurate. But the details, man, it's just not even close. Yeah, there was a boat. There was a guy named Noah. Check. Right. It was like, okay, you got the name spelled correctly. Good job on that. Um, You know, so there's there's those things that we see. And I think I also don't want to sit there and completely discount entertainment value itself. Sure. And people will sit there and say, Oh yeah, well, you know what? Uh, you know, King David never would have watched, you know, TV like this. If he had it, he probably would have. I bet you, he, I don't he know. I his harp and danced with everybody. And that was their form of entertainment for well, the time. I mean, read through Psalms. Yeah. How much time did David spend just observing the world around him? Yeah. Looking at the trees, looking at the grass, looking at the birds, looking at the things. And we can have that same ability. Now, what David did, which was amazing, is he observed that and he pulled out the spiritual component. Solomon right. does the exact same thing. So Jesus did the exact same thing. Walking by, oh, hey, there's a fig tree. Let me teach you and something. And I can't tell you how many how many times young adults have come up to me and said, have you seen such and such a movie? Man, God really spoke through these particular scenes because I'm just watching it. It was like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly it. And they'll break it down for me. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I, the Lord really met you there in that. And Tenet, fantastic movie. Clint Zeller with the comment of the day. Breaking <laughs> Bad taught me that there's no high like the most high. <laughs> Amen, Clint. Uh, I'm I'm 100% on you, with you on that one. I, I would yes. agree. Um, yes. Tomlinson Road also sitting here popping in and saying there's arguments either way, but even Jesus went where the people are. We are to shine his light no matter where we go in real life or online. Yeah. You're not going to get a louder yes and amen, I think, from you know these two pastors. Um, definitely do that. I think the only, if I were to put an asterisk on that, is make sure you know where God has called you to go. Exactly. And to give you an example, um, you know, we're all in on, on social media, obviously. This is where we feel called to go. But my, my father-in-law, that's not his thing. He doesn't want any part of social media, but he's not called to social media. And he right. is totally fulfilled, super impactful. Like, God uses him just, you know, equally in the natural. Yeah. So I don't... Well, and it's... He's not it's, missing anything by not being online is what I'm trying to say. Correct. It's also the biblical um, example of Peter and Paul. One called to Jews, one called to Gentiles. Right. And it's like they're still both called, and all of us are called to the ministry of reconciliation. We're called to reconcile the lost, broken world with the only one who can truly heal them, uh, who is God. And we're to do that. We're to be those ministers. But where we're to do it right. differs. Right. The how, the big how is all the same, but the method we use to carry out that how is different. Some people can do that going door to door and just talking to people and it works for them because they're called to do that. They're anointed that for that. Not my cup of tea. Not mine no. either. Um, no. But at the same time, we can hop online and we can just have conversations about God. Right. And yet there are so many other Christians that they can't do that. Um, there's when you put one of these lenses in front of you and it's looking at you and you don't know how many people are on the other end of that. 
that can be a very daunting task. And for some people, it's just hard to talk to a screen. It's hard to talk to a camera lens. Dude, and, and in that way, sorry, you, you triggered something in, yeah. in my mind. We have such freedom, you and I. Right. I, I saw a vlog or two ago, I'm watching Peter McKinnon, and he says, oh, I, I met him at church. Mm-hmm. And right. I don't know why that he's never mentioned his faith at all. Oh, it was, it was the drumming one. Uh, he has a couple times. Really? That was the first time that I caught it. And I'm like, yep. what freedom we have to just like, you know, Jesus, we're just out and out talking yeah. about him right here. A, a couple of his early ones. Well, I don't know if he outright would say church or not. I'll put it this way. There were things that he said in some of when I first started watching him. Um, and this was before he was doing the collabs with Casey Neistat. So it was before he really exploded, but it was at the beginning where he's starting to get, you know, popular because sure. right. obviously I was just getting in and I'm looking for tutorials on how to do things. And there were things that he said that were Christian dog whistles. You know, it's the things yeah. that I yeah. heard. Um, but you never know if you're just hearing them because you want them to be. You're like, oh, come on. Come on, brother. No, I, like, I was no, no, pretty no, no, sure that, that, like, when I heard it, I was pretty sure. There have been very few people, like, online that have said things like that that I wondered about or questioned. And I don't know if that's my discernment or just being a pastor that I'm able to pick up on things. That That didn't surprise me. The only thing about that that surprised me was that he actually like overtly said it um, when he hadn't said it in what was a very long time or said anything alluding to that. Um, But it's I mean, it's not shocking. um, I I get his personality and everything. Well, that's it. Oh, is Jared cutting out on us once again? (sighs) Silly Internet. Hey, while Jared is trying to kick back in here, I wanted to give you guys a couple little uh, quotes that I had pulled out of the the social dilemma. And these were things that I had heard that were just really cool the way they came across. One of them was from this uh, uh, this guy at the Chicago Antitrust Tech Conference. Um, internet, internet, internet. internet going out. <laughs> I was giving him a couple quotes here, Jared, uh, that I had pulled off of the, the social dilemma that really just kind of sounded off to me. One of them was sure. at the uh, the Chicago Antitrust Tech Conference that they had done. And there was this guy, he says, this right here is just the latest new level that we've seen. And essentially saying, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. It's just the newest new that we've seen. And it's the, the one that we have seen. I mean, you think about just humans and how we we have to have stuff here and we've got to have it now and it's got to be instant and I want the gratification and I've got to be in the know and uh, the FOMO, you know, fear of missing out is a real thing. Uh, How do you think like when the printing press started, everybody got the newspapers running out, you know, extra, extra, read all about it right now. You don't want to miss this latest headline. It's like, hello, that's what Twitter is the modern day. It's, it's the latest info that's out there and social media, you know, the rest of the platforms are following right after that, where they're trying to get stuff out here. And now the thing that we need to do is sit there and say, okay, this is what they said. Is it true? Right. Just because it was said doesn't mean it's true. And just because it's masked as truth doesn't mean it is truth. 
Satan himself appears as an angel of light. He's able to disguise himself. I mean, he's called the deceiver for a reason. And it's like, we've got to understand that just because it looks good and it sounds good doesn't necessarily mean it is good. Um, and then one of the other quotes that I loved was uh, towards the end of the line. They said that society is incapable of healing itself. Hmm. And so when we're looking at social dilemma, what's, what's the answer? What's the solution? Uh, you're not going to find it by looking around. You're only going to find it by looking up. That's right. He, the only one that can heal society is the great physician. See, and that, that's that's the whole game, isn't it? That, yeah. That's the ball game because no matter what party, belief system you come from, whatever, all these guys are arguing over, are we going, are we extending into a dystopia or are we moving into a utopia? And either mm-hmm. way, either course you take, if it's under man's guidance, is is just a show. Right. <laughs> It's going nowhere. Yeah, but there is there is someone, and you know, I feel like we're giving an altar call here. But there is someone who can guide us out of the darkness, who can speak light into darkness and break it off. Oh my goodness, what be his name? <laughs> right. Well, and that and that's the thing. It's like we, as Christians, we should not be surprised by this. We should see a movie come out that is talking about all doom and gloom. This thing is the social dilemma and people are having an issue with it. And it's just, oh, it's going to be terrible. Um, you know, one of the guys, and I actually think he was the, I think he's like the founder of Moment Lenses. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I he, saw that. at the end, it's like, they're asking him, they're like, well, what are you, what are you afraid of? And he's like, civil war. And it's like, what am I afraid of? Nothing. Because if this world completely collapses on me today, I know where I'm at tomorrow. Yep. And it's like, and so Christians should see that. I get saying this all the time because there's a huge nationalism thing in, in America. But if, you know, if we implode upon ourselves and civil war, I'm just saying all the all the things, all the fear right. tactics, viva Mexico, baby. And I'm going to be sharing the word of God with <laughs> whoever comes up. Right. Yeah. I don't it, know how to exchange yen, but I'll figure it out. And we'll talk about Jesus. Yep. And I think Help. that's where when things like this come out, we as Christians should not see this as a doom and gloom and the negative aspect. And we shouldn't buy into the agenda of what this movie is trying to get us to believe. This movie's trying to get us to believe that it's all doom and gloom. And if that if the, if we're successful in believing that, it, then the movie was successful and we have now become the tools. Because we just got used, we just got manipulated. That's a, a, what. See, that's what I thought was so fascinating about that. They're they're preaching against it in the show, but, but the they're doing the end thing. Result is they're doing the thing that they're preaching against in the show, and it's like right. You just and, illustrated your point exactly, and so it's like, don't be focused on the doom and gloom. I mean, really, okay, you know what? The world's going to end tomorrow. Well, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> It's like, if the world ends tomorrow, that means I'm reunited with my savior. There's nothing greater than that. Ooh. So it's like, I, who cares? And I think that's where, if we truly have that heavenly perspective, 
if we are doing what Jesus has called us to do, where we are zealously looking forward to his return, then all of a sudden, the doom and gloom of the world is an opportunity for us to rejoice and usher in more to that joy. Right? I broke you, I'm, didn't I? I'm undone. That was, that was, <laughs> don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> I mean, really, it's like, oh, what? Man. What threat is that? You know what, Jared? I'm sending you to heaven. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do this. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, man. I, yeah. I don't, I don't understand what they were. I mean, I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to wake people up yeah. and warn them about social media, the dangers of social media. Duly noted. Thank you. Yep. Now I wish. Like I said, maybe this is what we do, but I wish there was a a follow up to that that brought in light. Correct. So this thing's not over yet. Uh, so this is a tool, you know, all the things that we're talking about today. Yep. And that's where I think if we have the millions and millions of Christians around the world that sees this opportunity to say, you know what the real social dilemma is? You're going Come to hell. Man. Come on, man. That's the real social dilemma is that without faith in Christ, this is doom and gloom. But if your faith is in Christ, this is just the latest new, you know, evil plot from the enemy to destroy people and deceive people. Right. And it's like, I'm, I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying it because I don't operate according to the world's standards. Right. And because of that, your entire argument, because you based it from a, a world view that is a humanistic worldview and humanity is God. Because of that, we're not playing on the same level and we're not playing nope. with the same rules. And because of that, it's like, I can't even accept the premise of your argument. How many times this flawed. year, or at least recently, have you heard that could never happen? <laughs> and then this year it was proved totally possible, totally right. plausible. I, I just feel that way with guys like, well, if we just continue down this trajectory, then we're going to be, and it's going to be yep. worse than you could ever. Well, what happens if God introduces something different? It could never happen. We're on a trajectory to, okay, cool. Right. Yep. 2020 is proof of that. Yeah. Anything can happen. I don't, yeah. I don't want to speak for anybody. I, 2020 has been getting a bad rap, and I know this is a bit of a rabbit hole, but 2020 has been, give, been given a bad rap to the point of, you know, everything's getting worse and worse and worse, and watch out for social media, blah, blah, blah. Not really. I've been incredibly blessed in 2020. Would you say the same? No. 2020 has kicked me square in the britches. <laughs> <laughs> well, to each his own, then. I've been incredibly all. blessed. The, the, the people that I've talked to, it's been like, uh, you know, Mourning with those who are mourning, you know, yeah. and certain different people in different seasons, seasons for sure. And folks with absolute despair out there, I want to be sensitive to that. Yes. But uh, we've been incredibly blessed in 2020. Video careers going nuts. You know, church is yep. doing well. Um, it, God is seems to be more tangible now. Like, don't get me wrong. He's always been around. But like the right, veils right. are being lifted and ripped off to where we're, we're seeing him move in crazy ways. And it's like. I, I would sit there and say that 2020, if I'm, if I'm going to take a, a thousand foot approach and look down on 2020 and pull my own personal 
dilemmas that have come through because there have been highs and there have been lows and the highs have been higher than normal and the lows have been lower than normal. Mm. And if I, if I kind of remove myself from that and look at it, 2020 seems like for Christianity, it has been a season of pruning. Yeah. And when you have to trim things down and you have to cut things away, that can be a painful experience and you don't fully reap the benefit of that pruning until the next season. And that's where I think what we're going to see. So I'm, I'm thankful that 2020 has happened as much as it has kicked me square in the pants. I'm thankful for it because I know what's coming. It's like, because there's nothing new under the sun and all of creation is an example and an illustration to what's going to be happening. Okay. All of this got taken away. (laughs) Well, guess what? Something new's coming in. And it's going to be good and it's going to be better than what was. And so because of that, because I've read through the Bible and I've seen how humanity has gone here on this earth, I know what's coming. And it's like, because of that, yes, I'm hopeful and I'm thankful for it. Um, but I, I do understand where people are sitting there and they've, they've seen it because I think some of the lows have been a lower than low sure. um, for many people. Um, I'm, I'm appreciative of those, though, because yeah. it's really stripping away like all of the extra fluff that we thought that we absolutely needed in our lives. Right. And, and if I'm speaking just to the church, there's a whole bunch of extra, yeah. specifically to my crew, that we were thinking about, talking through, trying to figure out that right now in this season does not even matter. It does not matter. Yep. It was you know, we did not realize. We thought this was this was the direction we needed to go in to find out what the end of it was. No, we don't. Yeah, we're totally we're totally good right here. Totally enjoying agree. enjoying the favor and blessing of the Lord. Just uh, anyway. Yep. I digress. But yep. yeah. Yep. Completely agree. Um, optimistic eschatology, I suppose. Hmm? Well, optimistic eschatology that pulls in a quote right here from my mom. She says, "Doom and gloom. Read the end of the book. Jesus wins." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's like, so, I mean, really, it's like, oh, well, also, I know how this plays out. bride. Yes. I'm just saying. Exactly. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, definitely agree. Uh, John Hayes saying, don't be a Jonah. Anything can so, happen. So, don't write off anyone as being too good. far gone. That's Absolutely. good. And he's um, out of here, so he doesn't even get to... Yep. The only other thing that I want to put before we kind of wrap things up and because you've seen this, you'll probably know who I'm talking about um, in there. And I'll refrain from using their names. I'll do my best. But there was there were a couple people inside the social dilemma, a couple of these so-called experts that it took all of about 10 seconds and I completely tuned them out and wanted to hear nothing that they had to say. It wasn't because what they had wasn't important. It's because the way they presented it was not an appropriate way. It tripped your discernment. Yeah, me too. That's what, that's a, I'm actually, I hear you on this because you're dead on the money. I'm, I fight with myself sometimes because I'm like, no, I, they're a human being. I should hear them out because that's part of the pastoral side of what we do. I should hear them out. But internally, spiritually speaking, it's like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> we're headed into dark territory right here. Yep. So. And, and for even those that they may not recognize that 
discernment, mm. they may not. And some people are like, I don't know how to discern. Well, a lot of discernment can really be trained through observation and see things, analyze it, and then remember A plus B equals C. And I've seen this 50 different times. So the next time I see an A and a B, I don't want the C, so I'm going to get out of there. And that's where it really starts to, you can start to kind of train yourself in developing, you know, that that skill of discernment. There's also a spiritual gift of discernment as well. And so mm-hmm. it's not to, to confuse the two by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of what I was seeing, and it was funny because it was like, as soon as they popped on, I got that check. And then I was able to analyze some of the yep. other thing. Why? Yep. Yep. And, and one of them, if you listen to the tone of this individual's voice, just the tone, the inflection that came about. across, yeah. it had an anger behind it mm-hmm. and it had a, just a mean spirit behind it. Another individual that wanted to use, I don't know, $50 words and why? This is a Netflix docudrama, and you're going to go to those words? Well, the only reason is either A, you're too lazy to actually speak to the audience you have at their level, or B, you just want to show people how smart you are, which is arrogance. And then there was another individual that I'm just like, I mean... Did you do anything to get ready for this interview today or just kind of roll out of bed and through the gravel road and start talking? And you want me to take you seriously? And so for me, this should be something for Christians to think about. We have the most important message that's out there. And we have the answer for this social dilemma. If you want to share that, make sure that you're sharing it in a way that can actually be received. Because if you stand up on the street corner with a mega horn and you start condemning people to hell, yeah, they're going to tune you out and stop listening. You know, what's so fascinating about that. As soon as we say that, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with a guy named Sean Foyt, but they, uh, they've been going around doing worship services around the country, uh, particularly California because they've been banned or whatever. And, uh, and, he finds himself in Chicago w- without the ability to use the um, the uh, sound system, whatever. The police won't let him do that. But through a series of prayer and, and worship and what you just have to see the, the video, the police end up yielding their megaphone, their giant crowd control mm-hmm. megaphone. That, did you see this? And he's standing there worshiping, and they're, they're passing off to local pastors, and they're blessing the police, and they're right. blessing the city. It's like— well, there right now I can see a, I can see the appropriate use for a street preacher on the corner. Exactly. <laughs> and that, with a megaphone. Never mind. Never mind. And this comes right back to what we were talking about, the tool. The tool in the hands of the person that is using it. Come on, man. This is so it. So here's something, and I'll just be flat out honest. If you guys want to know if I have an agenda with my channel, absolutely. I have an agenda and I'm trying to get you to believe and do something. If you didn't understand that, just go look at the channel banner. I'm trying to get you to live by faith. Plain and simple. I've been upfront from day one. That's what I want to do. 
That is my agenda. And so I'm trying to get people to do that. So if you start to do that and I have somehow influenced you to do that, yes, that makes you a tool and I was able to use you, but a tool being used in the hands of whom and for what purpose. And so it's the same thing like with this megaphone. Okay. That was in the hands of who, whom, and for what purpose? Well, it wasn't to condemn people. It wasn't to discourage people. It was to bless those that were around. Mm. And it's like with us on social media, we're not letting social media use us as tools. We're using social media as a tool and we're trying to use it in a way to encourage other people to taste and see the extravagant love of God. That's right. To encourage people to live by faith. We're trying to get that. And that's the, what we're doing across Think about that when it comes to going to church, whether it's physical or digital church, the pastor by the leading of the Holy spirit has an agenda and it's to get you into a closer relationship with God, go in knowing that, and then receive whatever it is they're saying with that intention, because now you're able to then partner and say, Oh, I'm going to take this because it's going to do this. I mean, I've been in some church services where I didn't agree with them doctrinally. I could just outright refute the majority of what they said, but I went in and I'm like, God, I know you can speak to me through this person because I believe that they're trying to minister your word. Give me something. And there was something every single time. So I think when we are thinking about this from the Christian point of view of one, how do we use these resources? But then two, when others are trying to use us as resources, more sure. or less, right? do we line up with that and the end goal in mind? And if so, man, I'm happy being a tool. I'll, I'll be the, <laughs> I'll be the arm. I'll be the hand as long as I'm, I know where the head is and it's trying yeah. to get me to do what he wants. So I love it. Anyways, don't mind being the biggest tool ever. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm a pretty big one. Um, all right. Clint Zeller, we'll, we'll kind of wrap up here. Clint says that 2020 has given me the opportunity to think outside of the box and yep. approach life and ministry in new ways. Yes. Yep. I, and that's where I think that when I said, I believe 2020 is kind of a, a pruning season. I think what it has helped all of us is kind of uh, trim away some of the fluff trim away some of the less essential things and focus on what is the most important thing. And now how do I do more of this in other ways? Right. And I think that's where I do appreciate because I know it's not just what we've seen. It's what we're about to see. And it's going to be some good stuff there. Yeah. Hey, yeah, that's all I got. You got any other parting shots there, Jared? No, man, I'm good. Good episode. Cool. All right. Well, that's all we've got for you guys then today. Uh, if you have a topic of discussion that you would like to hear the vlog pastors tackle, understanding that we are vlog pastors and this is the vlog pastors podcast. So it should ideally run around something vlog pastoral. Lee. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> hit us up. You can see down below, we've got our Instagram handles. You can check us out there. Uh, you can check Jared on Instagram, Bite of Brownie Productions. Uh, you can catch me on either Instagram or Twitter is the easiest way, at Joshua Verwers. 
that's all we got for you guys. So until next week, we are signing off for Vlog Pastors podcast episode number 21. 21. Stay blessed. Enjoy God's best. See you next week.